My name is Carl Hinder, and you are listening to the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. The podcast for salon and spa owners who are looking to grow. The only thing stopping you is you. Welcome to episode 10, Who's In Control? Indeed, who's in control, you or the client? Who's in control of your business? Now, this is a really important question, and the answer is usually very, very interesting. Now, when I see a salon underperforming, I always ask this question. I ask this question of the salon owners, and the answer is nearly always the same. Why are you underperforming? And it's nearly always because the clients run the business. Now, the salon owners don't tell me that. We kind of dive into that with the next few questions. But if it's not the salon owner, then it's likely to be your staff. So if your business isn't getting anywhere near its potential, have a look at who is actually running your business. Is it your clients or is it your staff? Because if you're performing at a high level, the chances are it's you that's in control. So the easiest way to know if your clients are in control of your business, is to ask yourself this question. And this is the crux of the podcast. Do you find yourself agreeing with the client, agreeing a lot with the client about their views and their principles about your business, and more about their views and principles surrounding things like money? If you do, I promise you, there's a clue. There's a big, big clue there that if you find yourself agreeing with a client, they are running your business. And that's the purpose of this podcast, right? It comes out to you on a Sunday evening so that you can start your week right. You can kickstart the way you think about what you're doing. Now, let's go back to the essence of this. Is your client running your business? One of the ways you can tell, apart from, you know, you're always agreeing with a client in terms of their principles about money in particular, is... Have a look at some of the posts that I do. So I'm big into celebrating my clients. So if someone's just smashed their sales targets or their retail targets, the chances are I'll probably publish it with their with their permission, of course, because I think we should always be celebrating the good things. Now, unless you are one of my clients, how are you feeling about that? How do you feel when someone else is showing how successful they can be. Don't forget, they've got the same circumstances as you. You know, they've got recession and interest rates and high fuel prices and all those kinds of things, yet they are smashing their sales out of the park. So when you see one of my ads, how do you kind of feel? It's not an ad, by the way, it's a post, right? How do you feel? Do you say, wow, that's amazing. How do I become like that? Do you say, that's impossible because of my circumstances? Well, either way, it means that they are being currently more successful than you are. Now, that could be because I'm coaching them, of course, but also because they are not allowing the client to take control of their business. So you've got to start to think about, well, really what's happening and not only what is happening, why is it happening? So let's take a look at maybe one or two examples. One of them is rebooking. So do you use an online booking system? Now, you might think this is great. You know, Carl, we got to get with the times. It's modern. It's easy for the client. And I agree with all of those things. However, an online booking system that allows people to book when they want is giving control to them. Now, this is a super, super um, common issue. We hand over control to the client. 
So they decide when they want to come to you. Now, I did warn you at the beginning that you are handing over control to your client and then you know if it's going wrong when you agree with them. So if at the moment you're kind of disagreeing with me and you're agreeing with them that this is a facility that they should have, deserve to have, um, or you know maybe it's just something that's easier for you, I promise you this could be damaging your business. And for the record, for all my kind of software friends out there, and I'm not anti-software. I'm actually very, very, very pro-software, and I'm also pro-booking system. What I'm also pro, though, is salon control, okay? So we should have the system, but we have to take back control. So let's investigate a little bit more. We might be providing this facility because it's easier for the client, and that's kind of noble, You know, it's kind of justified in a kind of moral kind of way, but in a sales and business-like kind of way, it's damaging your business. At a practical level, we've got to look at the operation. So multiple times a day, you'll find your client stood at the desk with you or maybe with your front of house person. So they get there, they've just had an amazing service, haircut, treatment, and they're going to hand over their money. Now, we all know as professionals that there is an optimum time for when that client should return. Doesn't matter if it's a facial, doesn't matter if it's a haircut. At some point in the future, there's going to be the correct time to return where they are still looking and feeling good. There's an optimum time, and you know that as a professional. You know that their rootage hasn't grown too much or the style hasn't grown out too much. So you know what that professional time is. Now, I'll use me as the example. And if you're in the beauty sector, you're just going to have to get your head around this part. But you'll get it. So let's say it's me and I'm at the desk and I already know because I've been having haircuts all my life that I'm a four-week haircut. And the reality is I need my haircut bang on four weeks. Otherwise, in my fifth week, I look pretty rough, right? I look pretty disheveled. You can probably find a few videos out there where I should have had a cut a week or two before. And if I go to six weeks then I'm really kind of out of shape. And it, it you know, it can affect, you know, the your, your confidence and that sort of thing. So there's an optimum time. So we're in the four-week space, and there's plenty of four-week spaces. It could be a color, it could be a facial, but it doesn't matter for the purpose of uh, this podcast. It could be a six-week service or a 10-week service. It's about the optimum time. The time that you as a professional know that that client needs to come back. Now, let's get to the point. The client goes home without rebooking. And there are many reasons why they didn't rebook. They're probably telling you things like they haven't got their diary with them or they haven't got their phone with them. They don't know what shifts they're on or what their partner's doing or what's happening at school or there's a holiday. You know, we've all heard these excuses. Now, the first point is if you're agreeing with the client, even in your mind, if you're accepting it, this is where your sales are falling off. This is where you're never going to reach your optimum. This is where the other salons are really, really focusing. So you have a client in front of you and you're accepting all of these excuses, okay? Now, the reasons why they are using them are varied, but the reasons you're accepting them are different. You are accepting these reasons because you actually believe what the client is saying. And I can't repeat this enough. Every time you find yourself 
agreeing with a client on a principle of theirs, maybe it's a principle of cost, maybe it's a principle of time, you cannot reach your optimum. You must stop agreeing with them. And I don't mean face-to-face. I don't mean you actually blurt out, I disagree with what you're saying. It's a mindset. You know that, by and large, they're not even telling you the truth. You kind of, they're misleading you or they're buying themselves some time. Either way, every time you accept this, it damages your business. However, you actually know, because you're a professional, you actually know what the optimum time is for someone returning. So, on me, it's four weeks. So, when I come to your hairdressers or your barber shop, you should be booking me for four weeks' time so that I, you know, maintain my look, so I look my best, right? Now, there's a reason why you're not doing this, apart from your believing what the client says. The other reason is because, especially if you've got a, a larger team, you're probably all thinking this. You think that as long as I return, that is the objective. It doesn't really matter how often I come back, as long as I come back. As long as I demonstrate my loyalty to you, then that reinforces your kind of ego, if you like, because if Carl returns at the right time, or if Carl just returns at all, that means I must have done a good job because he keeps coming here. He doesn't go somewhere else in between. That means that I'm doing a great job. So your ego is fulfilled. Your basic understanding of business is fulfilled, not your kind of um, proper understanding, as I'm going to explain to you in a moment. So you've got to start getting off this kind of treadmill of accepting either what the client says and agreeing with it, or allowing your team and yourself to accept that as long as they return, that's better than them not returning. Well, I kind of agree with that principle, but getting them to return at the optimum time is not only better for you, but more importantly, better for them. Of course, this booking principle, or this rebooking principle rather, can happen in the salon as well, can't it? So it's not all about the online booking system, although that's what I want to focus on uh, just as an example. Of course, the client could be stood in front of you. You maybe have just done a cut or a color, or doesn't matter, any kind of treatment that needs a return. And they say, um, yeah, yeah, book me in for six weeks' time. Well, unless they are the professional, how do they know it's six weeks' time? Maybe you've trained them that it's six weeks' time. But if you believe that it's three weeks or four weeks or five weeks, then it's three weeks or four weeks or five weeks. And you have to express your level of professionalism. Now, I'm not going to go into too many um, ways, if you like, of getting them to rebook. Maybe that's for another podcast, or you can follow me on another medium and I'll get you those answers. But the reality is, every time you accept their excuses, because you actually believe what they're saying, you're damaging your business. Now, when this client gets home and they've had their haircut, let's say it's me, by the way. Yeah, let's do me, right? I get home and I'm happy with my haircut. I always happy with my haircut. And um, a few weeks later, I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm looking in the camera and I better get this sorted out. Now, let's say I do that on my fourth week because in my fourth week, I'm still looking okay. Then I'll jump onto the software system and I'll book it for the fifth week. You know, that's reasonable that um, I'm looking for this week. I'm a busy person. Uh, maybe they haven't got space. I'll book it for next week. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is this. When I go from four weeks to five weeks, you get to lose 25% of my sales for this year. 
So if you've got a business and you're looking around, you're thinking, well, I've got a lot of white space on my computer, or I've got a new member of staff who isn't getting filled, or I'm not as busy as I used to be, this is going to be the key reason. And this is the thing that all of those salons that I post about saying, look how well they've done, they have fixed this. They have taken control back. So you get to lose 25% of my trade just by allowing me to do whatever I want because it suits you, because it's easy, or because you believe what the client is saying. Now, it could be worse than that. Maybe I don't realize until my fifth week that I look a bit scruffy. So what will I do? I'll book for the sixth week, which means you get to see me 50% less times this year. Just think about this as a facial, guys. Just think about it as a color, an all-over color. It doesn't really matter. Get the idea for your business. Imagine you could phone me up and say, Carl, could you get me 25 to 50% more clients in one day with no costs, no marketing, no social media, no training, apart from listening to this podcast, you would take my arm off, surely that any business that wants to grow would want 25 to 50% more business for themselves. So that is where you're damaging your business. And it's all stemmed back from you believing what the client's saying, like they don't know what their shifts are, or they don't know what they're doing in four weeks. Or maybe they are actually telling you about their money problems. Maybe they're at the till or at the front of house and saying, oh, I can't afford that at the moment. And you're in acceptance of that, mainly because that's how you see your life. Yeah, if you're projecting at the moment, maybe onto them, maybe during the haircut or the treatment, that, you know, things are tough, aren't they? You know, interest rates have gone up again, or fuel prices have gone up again, or all those kinds of things. And you're kind of undermining each other. When they give you the money excuse, you are going to... I was going to say buy it, but that doesn't sound right. You're going to accept it, right? You're going to actually think to yourself, well, yeah, I've just been talking negatively about money. I know in my personal life, things are not so easy. Therefore, this client may be in the same position. I'm going to accept what they say. So that might mean actually at the front of house, we don't book them in at the right time. We go, yeah, yeah, no problem. Or maybe we actually just say, you know, give us a call or jump online and do it when you're ready. And that is the biggest, biggest and most damaging thing you can do to your business. So I hope you're starting to see that if you keep agreeing with clients, now mainly in your mind, your business is never going to reach its potential. And there's lots and lots of examples of this. By the way, if you do need training on this because I'm giving you the problem to deal with. If you need the answers, if we need to talk through what you actually need to do with the client, then drop me a line and we can put some sessions together. But let's look at another example. So another example would be, say, retailing. Now, that's a good one for you. Products that we try to sell, maybe we get to the front of house and we've got the products. What's a common excuse? Okay, obviously, we've got the money thing which we usually just accept. So that means you're just agreeing with a client. You know, maybe they say, oh, I've got no money. And you say, okay. Okay. And in the back of your mind, you're agreeing with them. You're thinking, yeah, money's hard to come by and it's not as important as the service, etc." Again, if you want retail training, drop me a line. However, what about when they say things like, 
I don't know. I've got this stuff already. I've got something like this at home. I've got plenty at, at home at the moment. I've got some in the bathroom. I want to use that at first, that kind of thing. Do you just say, yep, yep, that's okay, or do you challenge the client? Why don't you challenge the client? Why don't you say to them something like, what kind of brand have you got at the moment? Is it actually in date? Will it actually do the job that we've discussed today? How much have you got? How long is it going to last you? I know none of you actually do those things. You just say, no problem. When you finish using that, we'll get you this. Or maybe next time. Maybe they're using that word. They like that word, don't they? Yeah, next time I'll get that. And you say, yes, I agree with you. And that's where your problem is, guys. You're agreeing with a client. There's so many areas that this happens. Now, I know some of you are now going to be defending your position. You're going to be saying, well, Carl, what do you want me to do? I can't be pushy or the client really has got no money. This is the difference. This is the difference, guys, between the successful salons that are growing their sales and you who are maybe plateauing, maybe you're going backwards, maybe you've got um, no money in the in your in your bank account at the end of the month. When you're allowing the client to take control of rebooking or retailing or any area, you're never going to, you know, reach your potential. And it's all down to you. And that's all for this week. Thank you for joining me on the Salon Help Good to Go podcast. Now, please go into the show notes, uh, subscribe, leave me a review, and please share with other people in the industry so that we can all have a great start to our week. Take care, guys. I'll catch you on the next episode. Music.